Hi, Rose. Thank you for joining me on the I Am Unbreakable podcast. So excited to have you as the guest. Thank you so much, Adrian, for the opportunity to be here today. Aw, you know what? You are the epitome of a rock star woman. When I look at you and all the things you've done, I just, you know, bow down and say, wow, love, love, love what you have done. I'm wondering how you do it all. How how have you done it all? Um, part of it is blind faith. <laughs> part Love of it that. is is sheer ignorance of of not really caring, but trying it anyway. Part of it is is being uh, curious, and part of it is I get bored very quickly. So how do I do it all? I do it out of partially necessity, partially out of boredom, partially out of curiosity, partially with wanting to to um, leave an impact somehow, somewhere at the end of my journey. And so part, yeah, of, your I do of, this. part of my legacy and ideally what I'd like my legacy to be is is to impact people in a way that they will continue to flourish or maybe give them a tidbit of information to make their life easier or to prove to them that, you know, uh, a person like myself who wasn't born with with affluence at all. My parents were immigrants to Canada. My dad came in 1955. My brother and my mother came in 1957. We were we were quite um, poor. And where were we, you from? Where um, was your background? Where were where were my parents from? My parents were from the former Yugoslavia and uh, a region called Slovenia. And so yeah, my dad my dad escaped in the Alps on Valentine's Day in 1955. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. I love that. Yeah, because my parents came in 56 as well. And I always tell the story. My mother came with uh, her. She was on the Olympic swim team with nothing but a backpack. And, you know, granted, the last five, six years have not been easy for the world. But I wonder how they did it. You know, they were that is where I think you and I have learned resilience and a good work ethic. And you talk about leaving a legacy uh, of something to me that's that sort of models leadership, mentorship. And you have always shown the side that I know of you have always shown that side of yourself that wants to give and wants to see people grow and learn. And you you don't keep things close to your chest. You're like, you know what? I tried this and it worked for me. It may or may not work for you. However, let me share, which is such a beautiful quality to have, Rose. Thank you. Thank you. It comes naturally. I think, you know, um, if I if I look back at it, um, my DNA comes from both my parents and my parents were very giving souls. They were they were um, very faithful people. They believed in God. They believed in sharing. They believed in community. And, you know, when you're raised in that environment, you innately choose to do that because you see how the community flourishes and community can be all sorts of different things to different people but when you give more than you take ultimately I think you leave the world a better place and I I hope that at the end of you know at the end of my journey that will be the case and I think it's really important as we get older 
we've gained so much knowledge, so much experience about what to do and heaven forbid, but what not to do, that it's really important to just say, you know what, you may want to consider this and you may want to consider that, or you may want to consider that just because it may pave your road a little bit easier than perhaps what I experienced or what I've observed with others. So I think it's really okay. important when you have that knowledge to be able to share it choose a platform. Maybe it's one-on-one, -on -one. maybe it's via a podcast, maybe it's through writing. It can be very different means. And everybody has a gift or a set of gifts that they have that they can give. And I think as you give of yourself, you experience more joy as well. And I mean, whether it's your children or whether it's a mentee or a person that you coach or a coworker or, or somebody who reports to you, whatever the relationship is, being able to give allows the other person to be able to experience something that they may not have had an opportunity to do without you. So, you know, why not take that risk? Why not share? I love that. But if everybody was like you, I think the world would be a much better place. And, you know, part of what our mission and why our missions are aligned is that is the whole premise of the podcast and of the magazine. And I know one of the main reasons you and I reconnected, but your gift is that of such uh, empathy and such, um, there's just, you're very authentic. And that is a very rare, believe it or not, I'm sure you know, because you are in the business world, a very rare commodity. And so you and I talked a little bit earlier about the boardroom and how it looks and you know my story and I'm in a very male predominant uh, industry and you know first Canadian female to own a private investigation and security agency you know I didn't even know that until I don't know 12 years in and somebody said oh you should have an award because you're that and I'm like really I didn't even know that because my sort of thought process is I don't look and I never have and thank God for my dad who's always cheered me on uh, when he was here is that you just do what you're passionate about and you do what you love regardless of gender and regardless of obstacles. And I will say that, you know, until my journey here is done, as I think you will as well. And so I think you are encouraging not only the up and coming generation, but I feel that people can really relate to you that are like-minded, similar age, possibly older, but also that are in uh, businesses, but are also transitioning, right? Mm -hmm. And transitioning so. into another thing that they love. Because one thing I love about you, I cannot keep up with all the things you do. I thought <laughs> I was a busy person. <laughs> However, I'm just going to say you're constantly juggling things. And I wonder if that's just sort of your magic where you can juggle things and you can uh, you can contribute. I think that's where you find your passion is how much and how many lives can I uh, affect? Do you think I'm right? Part of it is that, yes, I think it's definitely that. I think also, I mean, um, four years ago, I chose to retire from being affiliated in, in a full-time role. I was a CEO of a company called Ag Energy Cooperative, and it served the agricultural industry in Ontario with energy, so natural gas and electricity. And it was a great experience. But 
I had married the love of my life and he was in Ottawa. I was in Burlington and it came down to, okay, so where are we going to live? And so I figured that I had the more flexibility and I talked to my board. I thought with, with the internet, with technology that I'd be able to do the commute because I had been doing a commute for four years back and forth between Burlington and Ottawa, or my husband would come and, and visit in Burlington, vice versa. So anyway, I got tired of the commute and I said to my board, look, would you be open to you know, me having an extra day in Ottawa or an extra two days every week. And they, they, they weren't open to it because I think they were older school. And so from that perspective, it was a little bit challenging. So I chose me at that time and I figured, okay, well, that's fine. I'm going to lean more into board work and into consulting. I and so love that. I just, I'm going to stop you there. So anybody that's just tuned in or has been watching the fact that you said that, I think we're going to get t-shirts made by the way because we will have merchandise I chose me I chose me I think a lot of women don't choose themselves and the more women I talk to whether you're a young mother whether you're childless whether your baby is your business or your fur baby whatever the case is as women uh, and I think our our upbringings were similar. We're very much people pleasers and we're we're caretakers. And absolutely, look <laughs> after everybody. I chose me. I love that. I think that's going to be the name of the podcast. That yeah. those small words put in a phrase are so powerful. Rose, was that they a are. hard decision for you though? Um, you know uh when you've when you've gone through your life searching for the the right individual to walk alongside with you and you finally meet them everything else kind of falls away you know i i've you know i've served on boards before and you know i've i you know paid board positions and i was a ceo i was a chief marketing officer for for two uh, very large fortune 100 companies i i did a lot of things. I've been very fortunate. Part of it, as I mentioned earlier, is, is that blind faith. And the other one is, is okay, well, you know what, I'm going to try this because until I'm told that I can't, I think I can. And so, you know, there comes times where you look at your life and you say, wow, I have this magnificent gift in front of me and, and it's my husband. And I've had these opportunities several times in my life. You know, magnificent gift is giving birth to a son and having a great relationship there. You know, having two great parents. A lot of it is about, about people. Um, and people also create opportunities for us. They help develop us. And, you know, there comes a time where you say, okay, am I going to continue in the hamster wheel and, you know, commute, you know, every, you know, Sunday night or Monday morning, commute either Thursday night or Friday night and go back and forth, you know, the uh, five, five and a half hour drive, you get stuck in weather or traffic. Or you fly, right? You know, Bus either tracks. way, yes, it's, absolutely. It's, a, it's a lot. I'm you know, just it's a full day that you could be, you know, with your loved ones. But yeah. another thing I'm really hearing from you and I'm drawing from your very positive energy is that it is about relationships. It's about humans. It's not about, well, I've got this six-figure job and I've got this outstanding opportunity and I've got this beautiful title and a beautiful home. 
I want, I, and it's not that, you know, I choose a man or I choose a relationship. It's I choose me and I choose more peace. And you were willing to be, to stay on, but just, you just needed a little bit of flexibility and you didn't get yeah. it. Well, yeah. they just weren't, they just weren't ready. And then lo and behold, the year later, <laughs> COVID hit, right? So they had, I, to, but you know what? Things always happen for a reason. 100%. Um, the person who replaced me is a great leader. So she's doing really, really well, you know, okay. and, and the company, you know, it, it was just not time where, you know, six months later, you know, nine months later, it was time, but that's okay because it forced me to, to grow more as well. And so, you know, I had, I had opportunities to do consulting. I had opportunities to go on to additional boards, to learn new things, to do coaching and mentor additional people and to just work in my garden and to take off with my husband on a vacation or to visit my son or, you know, like whatever it is, it gave me the flex that I needed. It doesn't mean that I don't work. It just means I have more flexibility because it's my life and it's my timetable versus everybody else's. And I love that. Just exactly what you said when you said, you know, it gave me time to garden. Uh, and, you know, I'm sort of in the stage as you and I spoke of where I've made the decision that I am going forward with doing what I'm doing. And it is leaving something that I've loved and, you know, created for the last over two decades. And it's not an easy decision to make, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're a C-suite uh, exec, it really, to me, does not matter. But it it all goes back to you choosing some kind of you're choosing yourself, but you're also choosing inner peace. I know that last weekend, we went on a bike ride. And it was the most ridiculous thing. I can't remember when the last time and I got taken on a BMX trail, hence the blown out disc. But that's a whole other story for some other time, why I'm kind of fidgety in my chair. But, um, you know, it, it's, it makes me realize when you're in nature, like you're gardening and you're taking that bike ride, geez, how many bike rides did I miss? Because exactly. I was doing whatever. And not that, look, if you ask my kids, they're probably like, oh, please go on vacation. You're around too much or <laughs> whatever the case may be, but I'm kidding, but uh, they're lovely. I'm kidding. They actually are. They're, they're nice kids. Um, and I say kids, they're, they're young men. Uh, but you know, I feel that for the first sort of half of our lives, assuming we're all going to live to a hundred is, you know, we do spend a lot of time while being a kid and then either creating your uh, professional and personal life, having kids and whatever. And there comes a point in time where our parents weren't like that. It was, you know, freedom 65, if they were lucky, right? Not even 55. And I think for us, we I think it's almost like maybe you learned this from your son and you can share this with me um, as well is the generation um, that is up and coming are so much more relaxed and chilled um, than I think we were. And that's yeah. one thing my kids taught me. A lot of times they're like, mom, chill. And I'm like, how am I going to chill? And I've got this and I've got that. And, you know, and I'm always running around and you've got hockey and you've got, and then you just, at one point, like you said, that hamster wheel, you just say, I'm dizzy. I'm tired. I'm done. Right. Yeah, and it, it's time. And that to was your, it. yeah. And it was, that was your time where it's like, I'm not leaving. And it's, so where I was going with all this before I got stuck onto the BMX path is um, 
you had said something that to me was very interesting. And I just was wondering if you could sort of expand on that. You said that you weren't retiring or anything. And it, it's almost like, I feel as women, if we do choose to retire early, we have to say, I'm retiring. I'm not stopping work. And I feel like yeah. well, there, there is, there is that expectation. Yeah, there is that expectation. And I mean, I retired from being a full-time CEO and, and having full-time accountabilities, plus all the other little things that I was doing. And I just wanted to have a bit of a break and to also just lean into the things that I was more um more interested in. I had my role for nine years. In nine years, you know, being in the same role, I mean, it expanded, it contracted, it morphed into different things. So it was always interesting, but it was just time. And it was time to develop the next, the next leader. And so, so, you know, I did that and I could gracefully leave. And um, I was happy with that. And I was happy with the fact that I had a little bit of breathing room because for a good chunk of my life prior to that, I worked and I worked and I worked and I worked and I'm a, I'm a type A for sure. There's no doubt about it. Um, and so, so from that perspective and I'm committed. So if I, if I give my word that I'm going to show up, I will show up. If there's a snowstorm, unless it's really, really treacherous out, I will be there. And so, so I just found that I was giving so much of myself and, and I was just tired. And so I just thought, you know what, it was time. So, and you know, this will definitely be a podcast um, part two, but I feel as women, you know, the kind of the burnout that we experience, I don't know that our, our male counterparts maybe do as much. And a lot of ours, like, and I can, I'm talking for me, so I, I won't speak for all the other women, but what I, the conversations we've had, I, I know a lot feel the same way is we don't feel that we can give to ourselves as much as we can to other people. And a perfect example, a gal that I was talking to a very, you know, anyway, somebody I really respect and she's a doctor. Nevertheless, she said, Adrian, she goes, it's kind of like, you know, when you're on an airplane and you're about to take off and they talk about the oxygen mask. And if you're traveling with little ones and I'm like, yeah, that is so annoying. I would absolutely never put my mask on first. It always go on to the kids. And, and that was my aha moment where she's like, and that's what your problem is. If you're not good, they're not going to be good. And I, and you can't that's help them. And I was true. like, okay, well, like when you put it like that, it makes so much sense. Like now I understand, but you know, it, you need that sometimes somebody to say, you need an oxygen mask at some point, you're going to burn out. And I think as women, we so take that and feel like either we failed some somehow, you know, I can't be, uh, you know, a rock star entrepreneur or professional or CEO and be, you know, that mom or be, you know, that uh, board uh, member. And we feel like we can do it all until we just feel like we can't and we need a break. And kudos to you for knowing that you needed that. How do we encourage or how can you encourage other women that are probably watching this going up, you know, in tears? Cause I often, you know, do that where I'll watch, you know, other women where they are where you want to be. And I don't cry like, oh, I want that, but it's just, I'm celebrating their bravery and their resilience. What can you say to somebody that's watching this podcast, that's going through that and is terrified. There's the financial, there's telling uh, her partner, there's 
feeling like she's failed, worrying about, you know, the finances for the family. What would you say to that person? Start small, right? Start small. Start start with saying, no, thank you. No, I cannot. No, I can't do that for you. However, here's another alternative. It starts with simply starting to shrink your domain of responsibilities. If you start saying no, and you you feel very empowered to be able to say no, it, it multiplies in the sense of one no leads to another no, which leads to another no, which then gives you greater focus for you. So it, it can start off with no. It, it can start off with taking your vacation, right? Yeah. Like take your vacation. If you have two weeks or three weeks or four weeks, take it. Don't be the lamb that follows and, and does not enjoy the benefit that you're given. Take the time to restore. Take the time to relax. Have a hard cutoff time as to when you're going to be looking at your emails or your phone and just put it away. That is, that is, nature. That is huge. That is huge. Yeah. I mean, it was for me. I struggled with that for a very long time. Not all, like everything you said, start off small, take your vacation and putting away your phone and your work emails. Because I know for me, just the business I'm in, it's 24 seven, 365. And I had a hard time detaching. I mean, lots of times I'd be, you know, at hockey tournaments or I would be at home and I would still be connected. You know, I remember one hockey team and I still to this day love the gals that um, are on there. All the moms went away to a spa weekend, except for me, because I felt like I couldn't. And this was many years ago, but I, I felt like I had to, you know, throw myself on the cross and sort of, you know, like you said, be that lamb and say like, no, I have to, I have to say no to certain things. And women have a really tough time saying no. So I'm going to just add into what you said, if you don't mind and say, not at all, not only like, cause some people just can't say no, they feel guilty. We feel bad. I'm sorry. I can't, you know, we can also say not now or yes. no, thank you. Or perhaps at a later date. And if they start to push you and pressure you, then you can say, I'll contact you. I will let you know. My schedule does not permit me to do this because exactly what you were saying. I mean, I was the head of the PTA. I was the, I, again, having four boys in hockey. I was the uh, the manager, the this, the that, plus running a business, plus running a household. I don't even know when people say to me, how did you do it? I can't even answer you. And I think you're the same. You just did it, right? Yeah, just, yeah, you, you did. I mean, I was fortunate. I had lots of support when my when my son was growing up and and I was divorced from my my first husband. Uh, my son was about three, three and a half when we when we split. And in that period of time, my parents were very close to me. They were able to help out. So I had a I had trusted people that I knew could take care of my son if I wasn't there. I had a great ex-husband in the sense of he was totally engaged in my son's life. And That's so wonderful. I didn't I didn't have that fear about, oh well, what the heck is gonna happen to my child because I don't know who's taking care of him. My parents did a pretty darn good job at raising my brother and I. So they were going to be good with my son that I knew that that was going to be a great. That was, yeah. And that's a savior. I know not everybody has that luxury. I'll be honest. Yeah, no, true. My mother still lives with me 
and having the four boys, I could have never done what I did without my mother. And like you said, I would have never left my children with a stranger. I just would not have yeah. done. So and, and stuff happens. Thank you, right? moms. Like, right. Thank you to yeah. them and dad. I mean, my dad did, never got to meet my kids, but you know, at the end of the day, I'm sure he was with us in spirit and always is, but uh, you had your mom and dad, thank goodness, because I don't know, I still to this day tell my mom, I don't know how I could have ever done it without you. And th I think that's a gift that we give them as well. And I'm yes. starting to ask you this, do you still have your mom and dad? No, unfortunately, my mother passed away, it'll be roughly seven years now. And my dad, it's now 12 years, both of them um, had cancer. So um, I lost them both sort of at 82 and a half. And I was very fortunate to be able to be there for them as they were for me. So, you know, it's just another one of those things that, you know, you, you have to deal with. That's, that's a hard and fast. Yes, you will be there if you have that connection with your family. And so in there, again, it's the juggling of the balls. What is going to give? I was very fortunate that both with my dad and with my mom, I was still working at Ag Energy and I had a wildly supportive board. You know, when when they knew that things were very tough, I had a great team that I worked with, you know, the the staff there, you know, all all the people that I worked with were amazing. You know, I was very forthright with them, very vulnerable to say, look, I have to focus on these bigger things because I just don't know what's going to happen. And they were great. They were, they allowed me to be able to focus on what was really important to me, which oh, was, you know, wonderful. sort of the last days, if you wish, and to be able to, to be there for, for various events. And it was great because in those relationships, and we go back to sort of the common theme about people and connection, when you create those connections, when you when you get that trust, when you have that bond, whether it's, it's you know, it, it's no longer vogue to call um, uh, your your work uh, teammates as family, but I, I considered the people I work with as my extended family. I was very fortunate. I trusted them. They trusted me. We worked well together. And when anybody had a challenge, we were able to work with the team to be able to manage it. That That's not a luxury that a lot of people have. I had the great benefit of having a wonderful family that was supportive. They supported me, even though they didn't know what heck, the heck my journey was going to be, right? Because I reinvented myself so many different times, but they were there and they were, they were happy to be supportive. They were happy to be there for my son. They were loving, they were engaged and they were always saying, you know what? Don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. Watch your we back. believe in you. Yeah. yeah. You know, and here we are, you know, we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep pushing you along if you need it, but if you need a rest and you need a tea or you need some strudel, you know, here we are, let's, let's go and sit down. And, you know, like you, you, we're not infallible. Um, we have challenges, you know, and I, I would say that the biggest challenges I've ever experienced, yeah, like I've experienced challenges at work, but the ones that have had more impact on me are the personal ones. You know, going through a divorce, you know, and disrupting a family, that's a challenge. You know, that's a huge challenge. You know, um, knowing that your parents are, are you know, uh, riddled with cancer and they're not going to have much time. That's a huge challenge. And, and so just dealing with that, that's always been way more important than work. And I'm not saying that my profession hasn't or my professional career has not been meaningful to me. It's just, you know what? 
it's it's personal, but it's work. My family is wildly personal and it's me. It's my DNA. It's my soul. It's the people I share my most vulnerable moments with. And so you need to have that in your life to be able to morph and do all the other things. And so, you know, you say the no, you have your backup, you know, you have your emergency backups, you know, when it comes to, to your children, to healthcare, you know, you, you, I mean, a lot of it is, is um, planning, you know, at nauseum to make sure that you have that, that set up, but also treating people really well, because if you treat people well, they will remind, they will remember the experience you had with them. And if it's a positive one, the likelihood of getting support in the future, whether you pay for it or not, is irrelevant. You will get it. And so there's there's so much complexity to the, you know, what are the ingredients of being able to, to have that, that time for yourself? But it, it's a whole host of different things that you can just, you know put a little bit here and sprinkle it a little bit there, you know, need well, you know, and, and, and work well, it's, it's part of life. And it's just kindness, uh, compassion, support of others, opening up doors for others, all that comes into the magical equation that helps you then in turn, be able to have options and be able to take a stop. And it sounds like the, what you're saying too is so incredibly important. And I'm with you when it comes to family. That's number one, always has been, always will be, nothing will come in between that. But uh, you talked about two things. Number one, which I think is so incredibly important is do it in small bits. That it, People think that they need to run a marathon tomorrow if they decide something. Yeah. And like you said, it, it really is about, you know, the way my son had an IEP and it was about chunking and it's about little tiny steps that if you, you know, I owe it, people are always saying and really well-renowned, amazing people that I love, you know, never look back. Well, I tell my clients, look back only to see how far you've come. If you look back at last week, last month, six months or 12 months ago, look where you are today. Right. Yeah. And this might have been your dream, you know, two years ago. And look, you're here now. Fine. You want to reinvent yourself. And which is what I want to touch on. You said, oh, I've reinvented myself so many times. I love I think that's why one of the many reasons you and I get along so well is because people sometimes I won't see them for a while. And they're like, so what are you doing? Every time I see you, I'm like, I'm still like, you know, yeah, I'm a serial entrepreneur for sure, but I'm always like doing other things and you want to grow and you want to learn. And you and I do that so freely and sort of easily and with ease and with, and I'll say this, some degree of confidence. I think you and I have a confidence of not necessarily knowing the outcome, not necessarily not scared shitless of, you know, how things are going to turn out if, you know, you're thinking financially and whatnot or different other things, but we have a confidence in ourselves that we will land on our feet and we're going to make the best of it. We're going to learn, we're going to grow, we're going to mentor along the way, but we're going to figure it out where other people go their whole lives doing the same thing god bless them and they're happy and then as they should stay where they are but if you get to a point like you said where you're burnt out you're feeling like your heart is you know in ottawa and you know two feet are still you know in burlington it is sometimes choosing yourself and that is not being selfish 
That no, is, I think it's awesome. necessary because I mean, if I didn't make that choice, would I still be married right now? Right. Well, I mean, I think- it's, not, it's not sustainable to, yeah. to commute, you know, uh, a six hour distance, you know, because my work was also in Guelph. So I also had an hour commute from, I had a house in Burlington. So I had the hour commute to Guelph. And so it's just not sustainable. And originally when, when my husband and I got married, the intention was within that year that I would actually leave and just find something else to do. Well, the problem was we had this issue at work where somebody was sick and we were a small, tight team. Um, and so we needed to to delay that. Then there was another person who had a health care issue. So we dealt with that. And then there was something else. And so so my son and I went putting to out fires. I kept I kept putting it out, putting it out to do the right thing. And then I just my my son and I were in Slovenia. And we happened to be in the Alps and we were sitting out and he was still sleeping and it was an early morning and I was having a cup of coffee and I just looked around and I thought, I want to do more than more of this. Yeah. And so I called my husband up and I said, you know what, I'm going to give my notice when I come into the office, when I come back from my trip, are you okay with that? And he said, I'm fine with it. I'm happy with that. If you're happy. So I came back and I said to my board, okay, you know, I, that was October, the following April, you know, I'll, we'll, we'll create the plan. We'll ensure that everything's in place and, you know, we'll, we'll continue on. And it was, it was a great way to depart, you know, with, with being able to sort of pass the baton, work with the people. Um, but, you know, like, being a platinum member with WestJet by just doing Toronto to Ottawa is no fun. And so despite the fact that I love WestJet, I didn't love the amount of time I was spending in the airport or commuting. And my life is just so much better by not having to do that. I do that now for joy versus because I have to. Yes. Yes. And you get to do the travel and you get to sort of reap the benefits Mm -hmm. of your hard work and all your hours and all your effort that you have put in. And I'm not saying everybody has to put in, you know, 10 years, 15 years, 35 or 40 years, but, you know, you just sort of know, I think if you listen to your body, I think if you listen to your mind and to your heart, you will know when it's time to transition. Yeah. And and sometimes it takes a lot longer to transition. And so, you know, when you, when you mentioned, you know, what if you have mortgage payments? What if you don't have this, you know, like when you're a single parent, right. I mean, you're, 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 uh, you're accountable for yourself and your child. I mean, that's more stressful than if you're on your own or then if you're a couple. And so, you know, you just, you work within your means and you just get it done. And, and, I personally don't look to see, you know, what are the major pitfalls? I look for the cliffs to to ensure I don't fall off the cliff, but I don't look for the potholes and stuff like that. I just I just go. Yeah. Um but but part of it is courage. I think part of it is just, you know, again, believing in yourself. Um, and that's where, again, I go back to my parents. I was really lucky. My parents always believed in me. That instilled a great deal of of courage if you wish or confidence and confidence and not knowing better to say I can't do that my dad would always say you if you want to go and build something you can build something you want to re-roof your house you can do that if you want to be able to sew you can do that you can do whatever you want my mom was the same way and so when you have um that open sphere to say hey you can do whatever you just need to maybe learn it that's okay that's cool that gives you the, the freedom 
And I think people need to, if they're raising young children, really listen to what you said, because my father was always the same way. I think I was meant to be a boy. Um, but anyways, when I, I always tell this silly story about cupcakes, because when my dad was like doing, building a fence, for example, you know, my friends were built, uh, making cupcakes. I was building the fence, whereas I'd eat the cupcakes later, but I would yeah. build the fence first. And, you know, I guess, you know, writing my book right now, I realized looking back because I really don't look back and think, oh, there was one of those moments that I knew I was sort of destined to, you know, do what I love. But um, when I was in high school, all the girls got shipped off to sewing and home ec and the boys got to go to auto, auto, I was going to say Ottawa. See, I'm thinking Ottawa to auto. And I made a fuss and I just kept, you know, going down and saying, I want to be transferred to auto, uh, to auto. I, to me, owning a vehicle was a form of independence. So why wouldn't I want to know how to change the oil, how to do this and that anyways, finally, my principal yelled at me and basically said, fine, you, you know, you go, but you're not. And I said, can I just ask you why you won't let me? And he was like, cause you're a girl. And I was like, what does that have anything to do with it? I actually got the exactly. highest mark in auto only because all the guys, all they did was work on the cars. I worked on the cars, but I did the homework too, where they didn't want to do the written part of it. So it was funny. We were just laughing because I ended up getting a higher mark than they did, but it was not because I knew more about cars. It was because I did the homework. But my point to my story is that, you know, my dad never, or my parents never put me in, well, you're a girl. And, and girls do that. It was kind of like, oh, you want to do that? You go do you. You want to do this? Sure, you can do it. Like you said, learn. Come with me. We'll do this. We'll learn. And that's it. And I think that um, it's so important for parents to also let their children, regardless of gender, um, figure out what they want and what makes them yeah. happy. Right. Yeah. And give them the the latitude, right, to try things and to fail. And I think I think that's the other thing. If you, if you look at your life and if failure is not an option for you, I think you need to to rewrite your story to allow for failure because failure allows for growth. Yes. And, you know, define what is failure. Failure is just something that didn't work out. You know, is it a colossal failure? Is it a small failure? Accept them. And you'll live, you'll live better. And you won't have panic attacks. You won't have these issues. Just be kind to yourself to understand that, you know, you may not know, like, we don't know everything. We may master certain things, but we don't know everything. That's why other people are around us exist to be able to support us. So, you know what, understand that you're learning, that you're growing. And you know what, stuff happens. COVID, as we discussed earlier, COVID happened. I don't think any of us planned for that. No. And so not. was it a failure? Was it was it just the natural state of being? And did we need to be resilient? Yeah, it was all that. But it wasn't a failure. It's just we no, needed to adapt to a new environment. 100%. And when people say, so I know I've used the term failure is not an option. But to me, I know my best lessons and the most I'd say character building happened during those struggles. Hence, mm -hmm. like I said to you why I tattooed it on my body, the struggles part of the story. So I don't really know what a failure is because I know I failed. I know I, I thought it was going to be this way, but it ended up going this way. So to me, that's not really a failure to me. That's, you know, rejection is 
you know, redirection. So a failure to me is somebody again saying, not this way or not now or mm-hmm. try it this way. So when I say failure is not an option, if I'm looking at my goal, which is here, I will get there. I'll think I'm getting, you know, the straight path, which never happens, or I'm going to go, you know, this path, but then it veers you off that way, which is still going to bring you back to your goal if that's really what you want. So failure, not an option. I, I love that phrase, but I, yeah, I struggle with it too, because, you know, bumps, bruises, obstacles to me are life's way of teaching us, right? And yes. so many people yes. are, oh, I don't want to make a mistake. Why not? Even my kids are like, I've got one that never failed a course, never, uh, or even like a test was like just very, very smart when it came to school. The others would get, you know, 50%. They're like, yes, right? And just two opposite. And I'm like, you know, I won't say his name. I'm like, you have to fail a test. You have to not hand something in. And he was like, you know, suck the air out of the room. He's like, I can't. I said, but what will happen? And he's like, I don't know. And we just laughed, right? Because it's like, nothing will happen. You'll realize that, you know, you might've, your mark will come down a little bit. This will happen, but nothing will fall apart for you. But experience those failures and you know talking about my kids being in sports two were goalies and I'd always put them on the losing team and you know as they got older they're like why are you doing this to us I said because I said first of all as a goalie you need to take as many shots as you can sort of like life like bring it right you get better and you get better and you get better but you need to know how to lose you need to know how to fail I think that's more important. Like, yes, you can celebrate. And of course, I want you to, you know, win something throughout hockey. Most of the time it's, you know, best player because you're giving the most effort in the worst situation maybe. But, you know, they have to learn um, and we had to learn and we had to learn the hard way, I always say too. Now we're probably sounding like our, our parents, but a lot of times the hard lessons we did have to take, learn the hard way. Right. And I think that's important. It doesn't matter how old you are, whether you're five or 85, I think it's still a lesson. Mm -hmm. No, I would agree. I think that the second we stop learning and the second we stop growing, I mean, I think there's only the opposite of that. Right. No, I would agree. Yeah. You definitely go backwards under those circumstances. Right. I mean, I, I, I probably believe that at the end of my journey is will be different learning, right? It's just going to be reconfigured in a different way for the different place that I'll be. So, so I think learning is just, is a part of growing and a part of living. Now, I mean, you know, think of like, you know, I, I started out in my work career where they didn't have personal computers, right? We had portable computers. I was telling somebody the other day and the analogy of the portable computer was, you know, a screen that was that big, but it weighed 45 pounds. Oh yeah. And, and, you know, you had to lug this thing around, be able to put it into your trunk and everything. It was, it was a struggle. I mean, that was, you know, a number of years ago and so much has changed. And now we have more information. We have, you know, more power, more information on our cell phones than was computing power even back then. So, I mean, you have to learn, you have to adapt. It's part of, it's part of human nature. So, you know, whether you look at the food that you eat, try something new, whether it's taking a different path in terms of your work, whether it's taking a different, a different route to go to where you're going, it's, it's all learning. It's just, you know, what's the scale, but you know, learning is just part of life. 
And isn't it a beautiful part of life? I think once you stop learning and being, I mean, learning, some people think, oh, couldn't stand school, right? But for me, learning is growing. When you say learning, I think growing. That that to me is what I compute as, as when somebody says learning, because you can only grow from things that you're exposed to, which... Yeah brings me to my next and sadly last question because you and I are going to do many great things I hope together as well as we're going to do I think part two three four and 25 because <laughs> uh, we just we won't stop talking and one of these days we'll meet you and Eddie and which I will say he is so kind you know just when he came in gave you that hug and kiss what a nice man and you're very I think you're both very fortunate because you know I love you to pieces but it's just nice to see that there is people out there that are connected and that are in love so here's my last question to you what was your biggest struggle and it could be personally or professionally You're like, how many members do we have? But there's been many. So I'll give you one at the at the beginning. And then I'll give you one at the end. So at the beginning of my professional career, we'll keep it at that. Um, I was in an environment where we were in electrical manufacturing. And I was the only female who went into this environment who was not an engineer. Wow. And it was really hard to break down the barriers and to be accepted. And back then, and and again, this was something that, that was just brought to my attention this week because I was talking to my son about it. And back then, because I was the only female, but not an engineer, blah, 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 blah. They used to call me a jam G J A M G. So just a mindless girl. And so I found that first off, First off, it was, you know, sort of, mm-hmm. and just saying, you know what, I'm just going to prove to you what I can do. And so I was very tenacious about getting stuff done. And I was the one who brought ideas to my boss and my boss's boss. And if they asked me for something, I'd say, you know what, have we thought about this? And so it was really destabilizing that myth of the jam G. So, so that was never heard of that word, by the way. And I'm like angry face only because I bet you, you went in like a ball of fire with all these ideas and all these wonderful things that would have never been in your industry had Rose not arrived. So yeah, I mean, you know, part part of that was me, but part of it was, was also ensuring that I listened to what other people told me, right? So if you're looking at your clients and they'd say, you know what, this really sucks. This really stinks. This really is not any, any worth. If you start to implement that, or they say, you know what, why is this in this way? And if you can modify it and use it, usually your solutions are not necessarily your brilliant ideas. You're just taking what people have told you to improve upon. So, so that was number one. And I'm going to say what you just said too. I just watched a a documentary. I, I won't say right now on who, but they say the people that are the best listeners end up being the best leaders, because what you just said was you took the feedback where some people would try to solve it and talk over it. You took what they said and you somehow either made a solution or made it work. That's brilliant. I love that. So be a good listener. You know, we're, we're 
we're individuals, but really where we all rise is when we work together. And so if we collaborate, if we listen, if we, you know, create whatever, create the prototype, whatever it is, and we go back to the people who gave us the information and say, is this what you want? And they'll say, no, no, tweak this a little bit, tweak that a little bit. It's remarkable what you can do. So, so, so there's that. So that was the early one. And then I would say that I've been in the position where I've been given extreme responsibility to unfortunately wind down businesses where the funding was no longer there, the the environment for fundraising wasn't there, and you have to help terminate roles and you have to close a business. That is very, very challenging. It's hard on your soul, but it's also hard on the other people because it's very personal because you're impacting lives. And so I think the other side of it is understanding that you need to do what's right for the people that are being impacted, but you need to do what's right for the organization. If the organization can't succeed because you can't have money, you have to then um, ensure that whatever wind down you're gonna have is gonna be done in a manner that is ethical, done with integrity and is respectful. And so when you do those things, despite the fact that they really suck. Um, and it's, that's the easiest way to say it. Yeah. I think then you're, you're doing whatever you can to make the scenario better, but it's still going to be a crappy outcome. And so I think, you know, part of, part of challenge in life is stepping into adversity and saying, okay, I'm yeah. going to do what's right. And I'm, I'm, I'm a big advocate about doing what's right. And something, sometimes people don't want to do what's right. And so then you have the clash of the Titans and you have to advocate, prove, you know, explain, provide solutions and everything. You have to dogmatically go after these things so that you get to that end solution. So, so what if you don't though, what if you don't get to that solution together? Do you walk? Is that sometimes? Sometimes, sometimes you walk, sometimes you, sometimes you look at the scenario and you say, okay, I'm not sleeping at night and I sleep well, I sleep very, very well, but I'm not sleeping at night because tick, tick, tick goes my brain and I'm, I'm wide awake because I'm agitated about the scenario and and I'm, I'm pretty clever by being able to work with people to figure out solutions. So, so I think that's one of my gifts. And um, when it one doesn't happen, thank you, much appreciated, much like you. Um, and so when you look at it in the bigger picture, I think it's really about um, knowing what the line is for you. What line cannot be crossed? Um, and I won't cross that line. I'll just say, sorry, my door's over there. I'm exiting stage left. I love that. And you and I, prior to camera rolling, we were talking about healthy boundaries. And I think as we evolve uh, as women and in our lives, we create healthy boundaries. When I was first introduced to healthy boundaries, I was like, I sucked the air out of the room. I said, I, I can never do that. There's absolutely no way. And, you know, the gal that was coaching me said, okay, again, little steps, let's say not now let's, you know, do mm -hmm. whatever. But it's so funny. Now I, I really have no issue before it was like, oh, you know, very apologetic me would be, I'm sorry, you know, maybe I can just donate instead of this or, and I can't give my time. So I'll do. And I felt like physically almost ill because I couldn't 
or like I, I had to peel away the layers and you have to say no at some point because yes. like you said you're either sacrificing yourself and your family or you're choosing yourself and now it's just it's so much easier because I think once you practice something whether it's like bike riding or roller skating or rollerblading whatever people do the more you practice it the better you get at it and you feel like you're letting people down right because you and I talked about that you feel sort of like you feel like you failed but you also feel guilty for the person and then you feel guilty for the and it's like geez you know, I, I can't, I don't think a lot of men feel like that. I got to be honest. No, I've not seen that happen very often. Mm-hmm. I have seen it, but I've not seen it often. And I think sometimes, the, sometimes, yeah, sometimes, sometimes. separate, I think, you know, what's practical and what's right in their mind. And they can take the feelings out where we're all like mushy and feely. Is that what you think sometimes women's block can be? I think it might be that. I think also um, my experience has been, and and this has been validated even um, currently with some stuff that's been on LinkedIn um, about women. And 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 there was a, a blog, and it was about how hard women have to work to get to an equal position and equal pay. And usually it's a two to one ratio, right? So women work twice as hard to get the same compensation as as their peer who works one half. And so I think part of it is that I think part of it is if you are in an environment where the expectation when you're younger is to be nice, to be kind, to be giving, if that's an expectation, it's really hard to break that. And I think as being a people pleaser, um, and I've, I've managed to, to narrow that down a fair bit for me, because I just didn't find it to be effective. And I found it to be um, counterproductive. So, you know, like, when you when you say your first no, it's a lot easier, the second time, the third time, the fourth time. And I think also another philosophy that I have is play to your strengths. So don't just do everything that anybody asks you to do. Say, I'm sorry, that's not my expertise. However, you may want to go over here because why should we have to do everything in the world, right? If we're really great at this, let's focus in on this. It will be less energy for us. It's the stuff we love to do. Okay. Yeah. And even then, if it's the stuff we love to do and we're great at it, we might still say no, because we might be tired. We may have had a marathon for something and we, we just are exhausted. It's okay to say no. And you'll still wake up the next day and you'll be okay. Exactly. Exactly. And if people can take what you said, bottle it, mimic it and, and sort of lead with your heart, lead with kindness, lead with empathy, because nothing you're doing and that I know of in your life, have you ever done out of, you know, anger or bad intentions or malice? It was sort of like, I'm going to go back to what I said is going to be the title is I choose me. You chose your, your health. You chose your family, you chose the love of your life, and you chose not to be run down. I mean, there is a huge science and statistics behind the age that women have, you know, cardiac issues and either pass or, you know, whatever else that all those things that uh, happen when you have a heart attack um, are associated with it. And how terrible if we could have chosen ourselves or we could have chosen to say no, or we could have chosen a different 
path for ourselves. Thank you mm -hmm. so much for sharing such incredible insight. I learn from you every time I speak with you. I learn so much. So thank you so much. Thank big you. Hug to you. And I look Great, forward big hug to, you to the amazing things we're going to do together. However, we are not going to leave until aside from being many different things of the same, we both love unicorns. Unicorns. Let's see it, baby. Woo! I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Do so you this is the goofy side it? of me. I, yeah, sometimes for parties. <laughs> I know for parties. Exactly. Or when I, I'm in a goofy mood. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you've got to have that fun and you've got to have that laughter. But, you know, rainbows and unicorns to you forever. I love it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank for you, sharing. Adrian. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate you reaching out and giving me the time to, to, you know, share my, share my thoughts. And I hope lots of people get to learn from it. And I look forward to all the great things we're going to do together. Absolutely. Thank you, Rose. Take care. Thank you. Enjoy. Have a great Bye. day. And to everybody else, have a great one. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.